box to box stoppage time. Can you believe it? For Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. And Hoyt's Herbs and Spices. Changing the mood of food. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Hello and welcome to Box to Box Stoppage Time for another week. Willem van Denderen with you, Derek Dyson and Michael Edgley are with me. And as always, we're going to wrap another huge week of football uh, via our games, teams and hot topics of the week. And it seems only appropriate that we shift that slightly on this occasion to reflect on the AFCON just gone. We're going to do a quick whip around of the uh, the table of our favourite moments. And we're going to throw to Derek Dyson at the Hillsville Sanctuary first. And I have an inclination, although I'm not certain that it may involve the uh, the blue sharks of uh, of cape verde derek oh i i don't think it is going to be the blue sharks well am i oh. um, yeah absolutely like they they obviously they won those first two games and they uh they got through and he'll forget um bebe, bebe. Uh, his unstoppable free kick against uh mozambique but of course he was one of the uh the bogeymen missing a penalty uh, as uh, as the blue sharks went out i'm i'm probably going to go for something involving Bafana Bafana. I, I don't think uh, South Africa are really given much of a, a chance in, in this tournament. And I want to call out Ronwyn Williams in particular, the goalkeeper who saved four out of five penalties in the shootout against Cape Verde. So it's like the shoes on the other foot here. Um, no other goalkeeper has ever managed this in this sport, this tournament before, or in fact ever. I, I cannot recall a goalkeeper saving four out of five penalties. So that was an unbelievable individual performance from one Ronwyn Williams, and of course, uh, it, it, it took um, South Africa into the semis. They were they were unlucky not to not to make the final, and and uh, did did they win the uh, the third place playoff? Well, um, they did on penalties with another save. Yeah, with by, another uh, save, your man Ronwyn. Yeah. So Ronwyn, he's got to be one of the players of the tournament. Must be the goalkeeper of the tournament, and yeah, just uh, just an outstanding individual performance for me William that was that was my moment of the tournament edge before I uh, before I come to you I loved the uh, the final match day in group B which saw uh, Ghana and uh, and Egypt shoot it out for who would not get through and in the end it was uh, it was Egypt who, who just snuck through with Mozambique who had never won a game at AFCON still a live chance within the last five minutes to go through to the group it was Cape Verde who topped it uh, it was uh, it was mayhem it was uh, for all the wrong reasons, it wasn't particularly good sides shooting it out to get the best out of themselves. It was who could avoid disaster. And I think that theme was probably the uh, the, the defining one throughout this tournament. It wasn't so much who you know, was, was the best side and, and dominated the, the competition. It was who could uh, avoid the, uh, the minefields, if you like. And maybe that was reflected in the fact that none of the final eight uh, from the 2021 tournament were present at the same stage this time. Yeah, amazing. Um, uh, look, my um, moment is definitely the, the uh, Sebastian Heller's winner, and I'll talk, talk about it in the context of this. Um, Ivory Coast, or, or Cote d'Ivoire, um, they spent a billion US dollars preparing and hosting this tournament. Um, they've um, The African Confederation's gone to enormous lengths to increase the quality of this after you know, some tragedy at uh, this event uh, previously with uh, fan stampedes and deaths. So uh, it, there was a lot of um, spending went on infrastructure uh, in and around uh, the railways that to and from the stadiums and so forth. So there was a lot of pressure on um, the elephants uh, and the team. And obviously they had that horrible start. So to get uh, all the way through to the final and then um, your striker, who's, you know, just 13 months ago was being treated for testicular cancer. Um, he rocks out there and... 
um, Simon Dingro's cross came across it at million miles an hour. And if you actually watch the uh, the game, well, in which you did, you would notice that the game callers didn't realise that uh, Hallett actually flicked it on with his big toe and uh, and scored the goal. They had to go to the slow motion replay. It happened so fast. It was a lovely, lovely piece of um, incredible technical skill and ability where he was able to get his big toe. He's got a big foot, uh, Heller, and uh, he was able to wrong for the keeper and, and score the goal to win the game. So um, incredible scenes. Um, there was obviously pandemonium in that stadium. Didn't look fan fantastic with just all those orange shirts in the stadium. Great images of Didier Drogba jumping up and down on his seat. And um, yeah, it was a, it was a great moment. So Cote d'Ivoire, a very famous footballing nation in West Africa. Not only did they hold the title, I think they, the first team to host and win the tournament since Egypt back in the 90s. Yeah, so... Well, yeah, Egypt in 2006, I think, which might have been part of their, uh, yeah, part of their, uh, their three-peat. Yeah, fantastic tournament and something we so nearly didn't see when they did just scoot through with, uh, with three points and a, and a goal difference of minus three. Yeah, unbelievable. And um, yeah, what, what a tournament. We'll resume with our normal format, our normal programming. Edge, we're going to come to you for Game of the Week, and it comes from the Asian Cup. We were both watching these flicking messages at the time, and when you sent it through as your uh, your suggestion, I wasn't surprised. It was fantastic. Yes, it was the semi-final between Iran and Qatar. The result was Iran 2, Qatar 3. It just was a game of incredible quality, incredible atmosphere, and some amazing goals. It started off in the fourth minute with Iran's Sadar Usman scoring an acrobatic overhead goal to give Iran an early lead. Then in the 17th minute, um, Qatar's uh, Yassim Gabar, he shot, took a wicked deflection, just looped over the uh, goalkeeper, Robert Zabika style, who was scrambling back and it just couldn't get to it and it just bobbled into the, into the back of the net and it was 1-1. And then that man... Um, in the 43rd minute, after terrorising Iran for about 10 minutes leading up to this, Akram a fifth um, from the edge of the box uh, in between four defenders, swerved the ball, curled it into the bottom corner to give uh, Qatar a 2-1 lead. And you thought, oh, well, uh, Qatar's on their way here. But um, a penalty, a penalty to Ali Reza Jamblash. He, uh, he got it back to 2-2. And then in the 82nd minute, after some end-to-end incredibly attacking football from both teams, in particular Iran, Qatar win it with uh, Ali Ali Mawez Ali swerving and spinning in the six-yard area to slot home the winner. Let's have a listen to it. It's come into Al Mawez Ali. He's onside. And Al Mawez Ali makes it 3-2. Played onside by Ramin Rezaian. And what a fine finish on the spin. El Mawes Ali, one of the three uh, real guns for Qatar getting the job done. That was my game of the week. Iran to Qatar 3 semi-final, way back of last Wednesday. Yeah, he scored nine goals in the 2019 Asian Cup as he was the star. This time he certainly did play second fiddle to uh, Akram Afif, but he popped up when he was required. I think he scored three goals all told in the tournament uh, and yeah, led the line pretty you know, in a pretty workmanlike manner. So no, he, he more than played his part at this tournament and he is a dual Asian Cup winner. Uh, and yeah, that was probably his uh, his primary contribution. Uh, Derek, shuffle on to the team of the week. Now, your selection is a side that uh, were in the Premier League for over a decade in their most recent run. Uh, a little bit out of sight, out of mind in their first year back in the Championship, but they're 
starting to put some uh, good form together. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, I'm talking about Southampton here. And we spent a lot of time earlier in the season talking about Ipswich Town. We're all very impressed with their promotion last season and the great work that's being done under their manager, McKenna. But it's Southampton who are now occupying uh, second place in the championship. They're now on a 22-game unbeaten uh, run. They beat um, Huddersfield 5-3, which could have been a contender for my um, see, uh, game of the week. It was a it was a fabulous game, a brilliant goal from Joe Rothwell um, on the volley, sumptuous stuff. Um, and and really, uh, Huddersfield go down to twenty first place, and they're having a pretty uh, rocky season, just above the uh, bottom three. But um, it's Southampton who find themselves eleven points behind Leicester, albeit with the game in hand, and it's their manager Russell Martin who. You might remember playing career probably most notably would have been Norwich as a forward. Um, he's got a it's his rookie job as a manager. He's very inspired by Guardiola. Uh, he has a very dom- d- uh, dominant ball possession style game. Lots of high pressing. Um, and if they do go up, I think it'll be interesting to see whether this will work in the Premier League because obviously uh, Burnley came up with a very decent looking team and have really struggled in the Premier League this season and a, and a player for us all to watch out for Siku Mara uh, a 21 year old French player played all the French junior kind of squads uh, hasn't got an international cap yet but he scored a quality goal against Watford in the cup he scored another goal in this uh, 5-3 win over um, Huddersfield and I just feel like Southampton are purring and, and, and they look like they're in the box seat to, to go out to the Premier League so not a team that we spend an awful lot of uh, time talking about on the show, but I think it's good to see Southampton going places. It's a, it's a great club and uh, would good to see them back in the Premier League at some point. Did you have a, a hot topic for us as well, though, Derek? Yeah, I just had a quick one. I can maybe make this a little interactive with you both. I was looking through all the results at the weekend and one name just jumped out for me, uh, and that was Bonnie Rig Rose. Uh, who were playing against Aberdeen in the Scottish uh, Scottish Cup. Um, and it just made me think that Scottish teams really do have the coolest the coolest names uh, in football. Um, you got the likes of, you know, you mentioned the Infidesz Caledonian Thistle earlier, Hamilton Academicals, uh, Queen of the South is a good one, uh, Inverurie Loco Works, uh, Dundonald Bluebells. There's some, there's some superb. Super, superb team names, but I loved Bonnie Rig Rose. Uh, and as I do, it, I give you a bit of information on them. Founded 1881, played in the Scottish, they play in the Scottish second division, so the fourth tier uh, of the Scottish football, play at New Dundas Park, and they play in um, red and white. It's uh, hoops, it's a it's a quality kit. And um, I might get um, Adam to cue some music up here because another thing I do is also look at notable um, players uh, from from these teams and I came across an amazing one Adam have you got that music oh yes they've doubled it maybe bring it down a bit that's right you won't believe it William Sean Connery played oh. for Bonnie Rig Rose James Bond 007 maybe that was on the that was on the back of his shirt maybe but uh, there's some great pictures going around of a very fresh faced clean cut uh James Bond slash Sean Connery playing for Bonnie Rig Rose, and he was a, a footballer of some note before he uh, before he made it to uh, made it into his acting career. So 
That one absolutely tickled me. So a couple of key points here. Sean Connery, 007 playing for Bonnie Rigg and amazing uh, club names in the Scottish League. So pretty pretty trivial, but I, I do love it. Oh, you picked the wrong week. Rob Gilbert is a perhaps closet, but huge James Bond fan. I knew him for probably three years before one day saying, oh, I just went to see James Bond. It was the first movie I'd ever seen. And he went off, chewed my ear off for an hour and a half about the glory days <laughs> of Sean Connery and the rest. Daniel Craig, that's about all I know. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, who else have we got there, Edge? Come on, jump in here. You're a, you're a Bond man from way back as well. Oh, Roger Moore. Uh, Timothy Dalton. Roger Moore was my favourite James Bond. He was the Australian bloke who only did it for one movie or two movies. Was he called Tim? Um, not sure. Not sure. But I, I don't think it's any of them movies program with them. But it's but but I don't think any of them played at a higher level than than Sean Connery. Do do you guys have a favourite name of a team? It's a question without notice. Can can you beat Bonnie Rig Rose? Uh, well, my my hot topic, which I'll get to in a moment, ties in with uh, with Bonnie Rig being that the Australia Cup is now ten years old. Edge and the Bonnie Rig White Eagles, uh, they've uh, they've made a name for themselves on the national stage here in Australia over uh, over the last decade or so. Prior to that, but you know, you know, with the, the, the revamped national stage over the past decade or so, have you got a have you got one? That is one without notice, Derek. You uh, you don't like it when we do that to you, so that's uh, that's a hard no. Thing Oh, look, some of the, the the names of Australian teams with the ethnic um, um, sort of uh, migrant community um, part of it is is always interesting. Obviously, um, you know, there's the great names like uh, Marconi Fairfield, for example. Marconi being the Italian uh, person who invented the radio. Um, you've got Guillermo. Heidelberg Alexander, Alexandros, named after Alexander the Great, who's... Uh, uh, polling pretty well on Netflix, uh, the documentary at the moment. And don't forget, um, Brun you know, Brunswick Juventus, Sydney Olympic being the Greek gentleman. I think those are, are pretty good. Um, just like there is some interesting names uh, in England too. Crew Alexander, I think that's also named after Alexander the Great, isn't it? We've also just seen uh, South Africa finish third at the African Cup of Nations and the vast bulk of their squad was pulled from their local side, the Mamelodi Sundowns. You've been to their stadium as well, have you not, Edge? Yeah, I have. They're a very famous team um, in Pretoria, absolutely. Um, and of course, the Kaiser Chiefs as well. It's such, such a good name that they uh, had a band name after well, them. The, the Jangs Bond. They're great rivals, the Orlando yeah. Pirates. What about in the should... States? There's the... Columbus Crew. Now, how that hasn't been cancelled by now? That'd be the equivalent of us having an A-League <laughs> side that you know Cook United or something like that. I know Columbus Crew. I mean, how has that not been cancelled by the uh, progressives uh, who like? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Derek, you're saying. Oh, um, George Lazenby is the Bond actor. There we go. That's all I couldn't. There he is. Movies did you do, Derek? I did one. You're right. He did. Uh... He did one um, on his Majesty's on her Majesty's Secret Service, the one with the the uh, the he, they drop out of the the helicopter, being chased by the uh, the guys on in the ski skiing down the mountain. He skis off the edge, and everyone thinks James Bond's going to die, but then he pulls the ripcord, and um, uh, you got the Union Jack parachute, and nobody does it better underneath. It's uh, it's a great start to a film. Who was the Indian tennis player who starred as a cameo? In the movie, <laughs> no idea, no idea. Greatest ever tennis player, greatest. Not Roland Bapana, who's just won the doubles with Matt Ebden at age fifty-eight. <laughs> Who was it, Edge? Got to Google it. <laughs> 
Okay, my hot topic, Australia Cup, 10 years old. I was sitting in class in year 10, 2013, uh, when the news came through on Twitter, which I must have been pretty new to at the time, that a National Cup competition was coming back to Australia. It was going to start the uh, the next year. David Gallup and Stephen Lowy fronting that announcement, Edge. Yeah, go on. You're, uh, yeah, you're pretty we'd excited here. You would go back. It was VJ Armitage, who was the uh, who's the highest ever ranking Indian player on the ATP tennis circuit. He got the opportunity to have a cameo role in Octopussy. Great. I'm glad you inter- uh, interrupted Udipur. me for that, and considering this is not Udipur. a movie, movie show. Yeah. Udipur, known as the Venice of the East, a uh, man-made lake. Uh, thousands of years old and uh, out in the middle of the desert and they built a palace in the middle and that's where the movie Octopussy was shot, Willem. Well, there you go. You learn something every day. David Gallup, Stephen Lowy, 10 years ago, <laughs> fronting the announcement of the Australia Cup. Uh, I started, that was my first uh, little introduction to working in uh, in sports media, if you like. started writing match reports for a website called Football Central, which does still exist uh, online. Some great images over the, uh, the last decade, Edge. Adelaide United, Won the first one with Joseph Gombao celebrating with a very young Awa Mabil. Uh, they won, you know, they pretty much dominated the first five years of the tournament, Adelaide. It very much was sort of their competition. We've had 13 cup sets. Adelaide City beat the Wanderers 1 0 uh, in the, the round of 32 in 2014, so we didn't have to wait too long. What about Central uh, Coast Mariners were the first to be slayed by a. Um, Premier League club, Liam Boland of Green well, Gully. Do you remember the great commentary from uh, the late Mike Cockrell, who has a still holds an extremely uh, dear place in my heart. Uh, fantastic commentary. And uh, You read my mind, Edge. Here it is. Here is that commentary. Oh, Donovan. He coughs it up. Boland! 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 Fantastic! A goal worthy of winning any game. Liam Boland with a goal of the Uh, we also had a couple uh, throughout uh, those those Redlands United. They haven't done a lot since, but they popped up and beat Brisbane Raw, who were going better than they are at the time. Uh, and Heidelberg back on the national stage. Kenny Atiu led yeah, the uh, big Ken Jock. Yeah, led the win over the Glory. King Kenny Atiu got the got the job done uh, for the Burgers against uh, the Glory and sent them home with their tail between the leaves. That was a great night. That was a great night. Bruno Fornaroli lifted uh, Melbourne City's first piece of silverware. His English wasn't as good as it is now, and he told everyone to f off on stage. It was a bit odd. He got a uh, he got a little warning, but not a reprimand. I think they all realised he may not have known quite what he That's was saying. That's the game Tim Cahill played in, wasn't it? Yes, and Yoshi, the, uh, the you got to have a team kid, picked City just as they won that Australia Cup. Michael Maroney doing his best, Eden Hazard, and belting a ball boy. You recall that? Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Marco Kurz, uh, who was the other Hume Adelaide United? Hume City's uh, run to the semi-finals uh, with Jai Ingham in form, who got a contract with Melbourne Victory. That was a good he one. Did. Um, Oakley Cannons have had a couple of good runs, haven't they? They have, yeah. Most recently, they made the uh, the, the semi. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, no, it's been no, no, was that Cup. the best? Was that the best? Has that been the best addition to Australian football since the A League? Yes, is I'm that something sure. that's just been gotten gotten right without question? Like we debate and no, it has and, because you know. it's it's the timing of it being played at a time when the um, A League clubs are in their very early preseason, and the um, state clubs, the you know the Premier League, the national Premier League clubs are uh, uh, at their fittest means that there's less of a gap between the two 
between the the two levels of the game and it, it's just reconnected the sport to those traditional migrant communities that we talk about a lot on this program that i love so much and i think that's been a hugely important um role and uh that's been a great addition if only the a-league was so successful willem Yes. Well, we've got to drive on with it. We've got to take that, you know, cup involvement and push on to a national second tier. And then hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, and when we know the sensitivities and the complexities around it, but hopefully uh, attach uh, a couple of a couple of levels of, of, uh, of football. Uh, Sydney United 58 were a great story when they made the final, but then it turned a little bit ugly with a few, um, with a few individuals in the crowd. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a complex beast, but one that Sydney hopefully uh, we will see can... Yeah, hopefully one that we will continue to see drive on over the next uh, over the next decade and beyond. Ed, you're off to Uzbekistan. I'm off to uh, PSV Eindhoven against Heracles on uh, on Friday afternoon. So that's one that's been on the bucket list for a long time. Very excited, uh, Derek. What have you got coming up football wise uh, over the next week? The Gunners. Uh, yeah, we, we speak about them a lot. They are obviously oh. still right up to their necks in it. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, if if we're if we're going literally, I'm. Playing in the uh, the Heelsville League tomorrow, we won won the first uh, first match of the season, eleven four, I think, and we've got our uh, our ne- our next game um, coming up tomorrow night. So hopefully we can make it two from two. Uh, yeah, with Arsenal, I think the Champions League is returning, guys. You oh, probably yes. hadn't thought about that, but full fixtures of Champions League coming up or have already been played uh, by the time this goes out. So yeah, we're keeping an eye on that one too. Yeah, PSV have got uh, Borussia Dortmund, who they see as beatable in the uh, in the last eight as well. So that does bring us to, or that brings a close to stoppage time for another week. Uh, thank you to Adam Maloney behind the scenes, uh, and for you, the listener, for your company. Uh, we'll be back to uh, to run the main show as always on Monday. And until then, please do remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on X at Box to Box NTS, and tell your friends. Uh, that we do this show twice a week. So make sure you do jump on again shortly and we will go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game.